Christy, and in a few moments you'll meet Karen, and we are The Modern Principal, two elementary principals on a quest to redefine the role of leadership in schools and use our voice to steer the next generation of leaders in education, regardless of their formal role. Each week, we tackle a new topic from the lens of scholar, systems, and soul. This week, we're talking about what to do when you disagree with a decision your boss is making. Thanks for joining us. This pod is brought to you by Just Right Reader. Is your school looking for decodable text, a phonics continuum, and even resources to support reading with families at home? If so, Just Right Reader is that one-stop shop. Visit JustRightReader.com for all the info you need to support your classroom, your home, and your school literacy needs. On the website, visit the Educators tab and request a quote. Be sure to tell them the Modern Principal sent you, and guess what? You will get a free literacy party pack. We do actually believe in the philosophy behind Just Right Reader. We want to make sure we get more books in the hands of our students everywhere. Be sure to visit Just Right Reader today. Welcome, everyone, to Welcome. the Modern Principal Podcast. You can hear from my voice that I'm back at work. <laughs> it's back, everybody. Don't you love it? Uh, don't you love it? I'm just, I don't have my nerve pain yet. I guess I can expect that this week. <laughs> so It's so hard when you love a job so much, but it just doesn't really love you back. Oh, my gosh. Isn't that the truth? We got a lot of good feedback from people on that, on our pod and our posts this week about yeah. that. Yeah, I think everybody feels... Like it's the unspoken truth that somebody mm-hmm. needed. Mm-hmm. They needed to know we're all in the same physical, mental boat. Yeah, deterioration boat. <laughs> you got a new experience this week in administration. I did. I went over to our high school in our district, and was there to help out a little bit. Uh huh. And um, I can tell you this: high school kids are not the same. <laughs> As elementary, I have no desire to work with high school students on a regular basis. So, first off, they all have their little earbuds in. Mm -hmm. And, like, as an elementary principal, we are very used to addressing every child in the hallway. Oh, yeah. Like, why are you? Yeah. Or just, like, hi, how are you? And every kid's like, hey, bud! Runs to you, gives hugs. (laughs) Just wants to tell you a story about their dog or their grandma. Not in the high school. Like, a lot of times, too, like their uncles. They have a lot of stories about uncles. Uh-huh, or cousins. <laughs> yeah, like. random people. So at the high school, there's I was there during passing period. So, of course, I'm like, hi, hi, and no one's responding, and they're all. And then, like, there was a couple that were, like, you know, holding hands with one another. And I was just like, this is so weird. Are you allowed to do that? Like, <laughs> what is there touching? No touching. Like, in our elementary, we're like, mm, we should love through other ways. Yeah, yeah. So, anyways, then we were standing in the hall talking to some teachers, and, like, this kid passed me four times, and I knew it was him, and he was looking down, he was on his phone, he had his earbuds in, and this was no longer passing period, so I was like, clearly this child is not where they're supposed to be. Something is wrong. And in elementary, like, we do not allow that. No. Like, we know where every, like, no, you do you not have to walk. know where every kid is. Well, and like, why are you without an adult? What's happening here? Yeah. So I tried to get his attention, and he had his earbuds in, and I didn't know that. So I'm just like, hey, hey, friend, hey. Chasing after him in your heels. I finally tap him, and he's just like, oh, oh, I'm sorry. Were you were you wanting me? And I was just like, uh-huh. And then I was like, hi, I'm Karen. I met Miss Hyo. Like, it was just. <laughs> we're not friends. We're not on a first name basis. It was like the weirdest interaction. I did not know how to interact with a 16-year-old. It's just not my wheelhouse. Anyways, those of you that work with high school. And he was just like, oh, I'm just, I just do this sometimes. It's my, it's my work period. I don't even know what that is, but like <laughs> clearly he, kn- he knew what he was supposed to be doing. 
And I was just like, does a grown-up know you're here? He's like, a grown-up? <laughs> I was like, a teacher? Uh, he's like, uh-huh, here's my pass. And I was like, okay, cool. okay, bye. <laughs> Great job, keep it up. Bye. It was just like the most awkward interaction I've ever had. So to that student, I apologize. I don't know how you guys do it in high school. Anyways, all the adults were just like laughing at me like, what are you doing? Just like, I don't I'm just know. worried, making sure students have supervision. Uh-huh. Anyways, the worlds are very different. They are very different. I learned all about that. Very Christy, how was your week back? It was fine. Until, no, you have no staff. Until, <laughs> until we have no subs. <laughs> Guys. And by none, I mean none. <laughs> she literally does mean none. Many of you are probably in our boat. I was telling someone, like, that is one of the things you can't explain about the hardness of our job is that you solve the same problem every day. Yeah, it's just with different people. <laughs> different people. Like literally every morning you are solving the staffing problem. And, and you have a system in place. Of course. But it never works because the variables are so different. Every day and they're different. Yeah, and so even when you put systems in place and you think you have it, it doesn't matter. Uh-uh. And it's, <laughs> hey, it's like Groundhog's Day. Yeah. Every yeah. day. Oh, who's out today? Mm-hmm. Whack-a-mole. Anyways, on that positive note, what are we talking about this week? <laughs> you want to read our scenario? I'd love to. This one's from Allie from Arizona. Um, and the title of this pod is called The Wrong Way, um, which makes me think of, you probably don't know the band Sublime. I know the band Sublime. Aren't they a little too? I mean, like, I know who they are. Well, they had a song called Wrong Way, and it's okay. all I can think of. Okay. Christy has no idea. She also never watched the original Sex in the City, which nope. means, like, our generational gap is very evident. Very wide right now. Very evident. <laughs> like, we had a watch party in college for the finale. And Karen, I was probably, like, in sixth grade. It's probably a good thing you didn't watch it. <laughs> May have been a little too advanced for you. Okay. Back to our scenario. Allie from Arizona. All right. She says, there's a new principle in our building that is requiring our teachers to use reading intervention time, but they're using that reading inter intervention time focusing on only reading comprehension standards at all grade levels. As a kindergarten teacher this year, I have shared my concerns with focusing solely on comprehension at this age. Where do I go from here? I don't want to throw anyone under the bus, but worry what we're doing is not the best for our kids. Thanks for any and all advice. Yes. So we're kind of attacking this not so much from the reading side. Um, we definitely have other pods on reading. We have another one in the shoot for reading. But we're really tackling this from the lens of how when your boss is going the wrong way or what you perceive to be the wrong way, yep. how do you approach it? Yep. And so while there is a lot of data and research on how to use reading intervention time, that's not necessarily the route we're going today. So if you want that, turn off this pod. And go listen to another one. Mm -hmm. Sure. <laughs> All right, so Christy, you I'm sure no one has ever disagreed with you, nor have you ever disagreed with anyone as no. an Enneagram 3. That is not your characteristic. No, I never disagree with anyone. I never think I'm right. As And as an Enneagram 1, I also <laughs> don't have that issue. JK, we're the two most and, disagreeable. And I do think that this is a tricky one. I feel like the longer you're in education, obviously the more this comes up. And especially yep. I think it's difficult when you truly do have an area of expertise. Yes. Um, and... And you want to help, but sometimes you're seen as disagreeable. Yes. And um, and sometimes you don't go about it the right way. I think I've, I've been there. I think you've maybe been there. Do not speak for me. <laughs> I've never made these mistakes. Um, but one um, text, and actually one of my teacher leaders from a 
former building. She loves this book, and it's um, from the Harvard Business Review, and it's called, like, Managing Your Boss. Oh, interesting. And so there's a whole, there's actually, like, a whole um, little subset of, like, business and leadership that's all about managing your boss. And I wish I had known more about that as a younger person, because you don't think in that lens when you're oh, early in your career. You you don't think about that relationship very much. Mm-hmm. And if you do, you think of it one-sided as your boss manages you. Your boss supervises you. Yes. And so the <clears throat> HBR, Harvard Business Review, says, Some people behave as if their bosses were not very dependent on them. They fail to see how much the boss needs their help and cooperation to do his or her job effectively. So... That's super important. We all need our teachers. We need our staff. Like, we need them as much as they need us. It's like a very symbiotic relationship, if that's the right word to use. It sounds smart. (laughs) I'll go with it. And it's probably, even if um, you're thinking about your current boss, leader, supervisor, principal, and thinking, they don't act as though they want my feedback. Right. That's still something you need to really reflect on, is that, like... Even if, the, even if the climate of where you work is set up to where it doesn't feel as though they're dependent on you, they really they are. They still are. Yeah. And the effectiveness of your company, your school, your corporation is based on uh-huh. two-way. Yeah. And then the other side, they also talk about the other side of that coin that some people see themselves as not very dependent on their bosses. They gloss uh-huh. over how much help and information they need from their boss to do their job well. Um, and so... Harvard Business Review stresses that you need to understand your boss, their strengths, their weaknesses, their working style, and their goals, and then you need to know how you play into that relationship because you're half of the relationship. That's very interesting. Yeah, and you're the half of the relationship that you can actually control. So. Yeah, that's really interesting. I I feel like focusing on where their strengths are. Mm Mm-hmm. And their working style will help you know where they're coming from when they make decisions. Yes. As well as how you can communicate when you would like to share a different perception of that decision. Yes. Interesting. Yeah, I thought that was really good. And that's I think that's an area that I could do better at researching on in general and applying into my own practice because it's not something that I've necessarily thought about enough. And it's funny that the... I don't think hardly anyone has. Yeah. It's funny, though, that the teacher that... Um, I know really likes this text. Mm-hmm. She was amazing at this. Um, oh, really? Like looking back. And so. How do you, what do you mean? She would think about my working style and she would say, do you want me to email you all my ideas in advance or do you want to meet and we can talk about it? Mm. Uh, you know what I mean? Like she would just ask questions about things that worked for me and she goes, she's like, I have ideas about blah, blah, blah. Um, where is this on your priority? You know what I mean? Like where, oh, that's good. where would these be on your priority? Is this a good time to talk about these or do you have other things on your plate that you can't prioritize it? Um, that's very, yeah. And she would ask very specific questions of like, she was one of my teacher leaders. And so she would even say things like, I need to know how much, um, like leeway I have on this project. Do you want me to just take over and take charge and you stop me if I'm overstepping or Mm -hmm. do you want to talk through your, you know, limitations beforehand? Oh, that's really good. Yeah. It was wonderful. (laughs) I'm thinking about that. Like, I don't think I've ever done that with my supervisors. I haven't. I definitely don't approach my relationship with central office like that. Yeah. I think I need to do better. Yeah. That's really interesting. And I think sometimes we simply think about, when we think about our relationships with our bosses of like everything they do, we either think like, yes, this will work or no, this won't. Right. We don't think about, A, like, does it, 
even if it's not the way we would have gone, will it still get the same results? Right, right. Or is there something that I'm missing here? Yeah, we definitely need, all of us need to be good about making sure that that relationship is a partnership. Yeah. And we do know that there's definitely toxic bosses out there and um, that sort of a thing, but that's yeah. not what we're talking about today. No, <laughs> and none of us are toxic. No, I'm not for sure. No, don't tell us we are, <laughs> staff. We don't re- we don't receive feedback well. Okay, just kidding. All right, so thinking about one thing I thought about from the soul side a little bit was different ways for this particular for Allie to approach this because I mean, honestly, I agree with Allie. You should not be focusing on a comprehension as an intervention in kindergarten. No. If, if you are, you have a really high kindergartner who has mastered every other stuff. Yes. That is reading, of reading proficiently. And then it wouldn't be an intervention. <laughs> yes. So I think at this point, when you feel pretty pretty strongly mm-hmm. that research is on your side, yeah. that the um, way of teaching that you're being asked to go or the instruction that you're asked, being asked to do counterbalances what you know to be the best. What can you do? What? How can you jump into this relationship? You've thought about your boss, their strengths and weaknesses. What's the next step? I think the number one thing is time and place. Hundred. <laughs> no matter what you have to say, if you are disagreeing, you have to think about the time and place. And I will advocate a million percent that no one else should be in the room when you're having this conversation. Correct. It should yeah. be you and your boss. Yep. And and think about, you know, if you're in a collaboration space, if, you, you know, when you're in a group meeting, if you're just passing someone in the hallway, those are not typically the times. No. Especially when it's a, you know, a philosophical yes. disagreement because it's not necessarily... When not you can like wrap a, up. Yeah. It's not a quick fix. It's not like, are we having outdoor recess today? Yes or no. Right. (laughs) And so you'll be surprised. I mean, this this happens to us a lot. And it's so hard. Mm -hmm. Because we want to engage in that conversation and give, like, the person bringing us the concern, the validation of I'm hearing you, I'm listening, I respect that you're bringing me a concern. But it's also, it's hard in a group setting because now eyes are, all eyes are on you. Um, and it's just one of those things that it's like, okay. And you might not have had the time to process your own thoughts or do your own research. And so it is important to set that time in advance so that everybody knows what they're walking into. Yes. And if you're going to have that conversation that you prep the administrator of like, Hey, I'd really like to talk about this. Yes. This one thing. Yep. It's really hard when you bring multiple things as well because now we're whack-a-mole in that yep. conversation. And it would give the administrator or your boss time to really reflect on their why behind it, their reasons behind it, um, and making sure that it's really hard. And this is where I think Christy is better than me. This is probably my Enneagram one coming out, but I typically assume I know better. <laughs> And so it's really hard as the person bringing the concern, you do need to go into that conversation, not assuming you know better. Even if you feel like research is on your side, data is on your side, being really going in as equal and being really understanding of clearly this person is making a decision of what they think is best for kids. Mm -hmm. And you need to honor the fact that they're not doing this malin. There's no malintent behind this. Uh, Peter Drucker um, had some, like, kind of on the system side to go about that when you're approaching your boss. And Peter Drucker divides bosses into listeners and readers. Mm. And so some bosses like to receive information in report form so they can read it and study it. And then others work better with information reports presented in person so that they can ask questions. And I thought that was interesting, too, and kind of goes back to that teacher leader. She would ask me, do you want me to email you all of the information and you read it or do you want to talk about it in person 20 minutes before the day starts or something like that? I think that's really good. I don't think enough people do that. I know I don't. Um, 
I try to also solve problems over email, and I've learned that is not the yeah. time or yep. place to do it. Yep. Um, rather than bring up, like, share my side over email, I'll mm-hmm. simply say, could we pick a time to talk yep. about this in yep. person? An email back and forth is never the way to have not this discussion. No, especially big. You know what I mean? Like I said, mm-hmm. philosophical things. Yeah. The other thing, like soul side, it's really easy sometimes to advocate for the whole building. Um, <laughs> but it's really important when you're having the conversation to not speak for others that aren't there. Even if you've had the conversation yes. with others and others believe it, it is hard receiving information when someone says, everyone thinks this way. Yes. I, I think that's one of the hardest things as a principal when someone comes and said, and the whole staff believes blah, blah, blah. I've had so or, many people come and tell me that they hate this decision. Yes. And so it's really hard because we know from our own experience that sometimes that means two people. Right. <laughs> but it could also mean 20 people. But it really also could. And so that's really hard. So try to not focus on that side of it. And the other thing, I've watched some dynamics with, like, my coach or over the years I've had multiple different coaches where that has been presented to them, and it's been really hard for the coach to get out of the defense Mm -hmm. and really talk about the issue as opposed to now I have to worry that 20 people think I'm not good at my job. Yep. So it's just better if you just kind of say, this is how I'm feeling. I don't. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Just don't mention the other people. Yeah, just don't mention. Um, Unless your leader does ask you and says, are other people feeling this way? Have Have you you gotten? Have you talked to other people about it? So um, what about other systems to put in place? I think it's really good to really focus on the plan. Yep. So um, in this particular scenario, saying interventions on comprehensions may be effective for these grade levels, I would really like to try and pilot for my class, having a solution, interventions on phonetic yep. awareness and phonics. Yep. Would you let me pilot that in just my room and see if that's yep. effective? Essentially, yeah, having kind of an action research plan. Yep. We've done that, and actually in my kindergarten group, we're having, like, one teacher go one route with her instruction on purpose, mm-hmm. and then having the two other teachers go Ooh, a different like route so that we can look at the data. And, I mean, obviously it's still different cohorts or whatever, but we're trying to see, is there any difference in the way that the kids are learning the information? Yes. And rather than just saying your, your plan, your path is not the right one saying your path may work. Can I show you an alternate? Yep. Or can I try an alternate? I think that's a really effective system to do. Yep. Make sure you guys decide on the data ahead of time. And then you'll also make, when you come into that conversation, have the research, you need to have the research that supports what you want to try. Right. And always it goes back to that assumptions not assuming that they are also aren't basing their thinking in research. Mm-hmm. So ask, like, can you point me in some of the effective, in this situation, interventions on comprehension and what yes. you found on that so that we can both grow? Yes. I That's a really good one, especially if you are maybe a little bit more of an expert in the area that you're – because most of us don't – I don't feel like argue or try to disagree with things that we do. At least I don't. If I if I don't feel like I'm an expert or that I truly know better, I usually don't argue with a decision. Right. <laughs> right. And I so, do think that's probably a good lesson to, to administrators and teachers listening. Like, I think sometimes people don't share this perspective of leaders, but we are good at everything, but we're not experts at everything. No. Like, this role cannot be experts. No, there's too at, much part. Yeah, there's too, too much. much. So you can't possibly be an expert on nutrition service, custodial, payroll, yeah. human resource law, <laughs> reading, early reading, math, math <laughs> science, best Profession- practice, professional development, yes. so, behavior, <laughs> student support services, family, special, special education. 
us. We can't know it all. So it is fair that your administrator is not an expert on everything. Right. And as an administrator, have a little humility to recognize that there are people that will be experts in other areas. And it's okay to listen to them. Yes. It doesn't mean you're not great at your job. Yes. Anyways. That's funny. That is. Okay. So we've rambled on for quite a few minutes. Quite a while. So this week, our desk... Um, from the desk of the modern principal, it is important to learn how to disagree without being disagreeable from Robert Estabrook. And I will put in this little comment that could probably fill another 35 minutes. As women, we are highly in tuned to that. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't think that, uh, maybe I shouldn't say this, but I don't know if male leaders have to be as aware on be disagreeing without being disagreeable. Yep. Um, because... Nobody likes a disagreeable woman. Yes, but the other thing <laughs> is is that no matter... As a leader, even if you um, come back with an alternate view, you may be seen as defensive mm-hmm. or shrill or argumentative. <laughs> Christy gave me a shirt with all those words. Hysterical. Hysterical. So um, I'll say that with an asterisk. Like, yes. You can disagree without being disagreeable, but sometimes... And there's a fine line. You can be perceived as, dis- as disagreeable. Even when you're following all of the steps we just provided. Yes. So, sorry about that, women. <laughs> but thanks for joining us today. Be sure to subscribe to our pod during season as soon as they drop. Follow us on Instagram at The Modern Principal, and you can find more at themodernprinciple.com. Woo-hoo! Bye! Bye.